We should be good now, George. A couple days away from training camp for the Seahawks. What, one day, I think, right? Yeah, tomorrow. This is training camp eve. So if you think you like Christmas Eve, training camp eve, here we are. Here we are. I'm excited for it. Um, in a time that's been kind of slow for sports uh, outside of Mariners baseball. I, I think it's weird as a as a local podcast, like for Seattle sports, it's hard to consider it slow when you have your team playing like a team like the Mariners, right? Because it's baseball season. But I guess in terms of like all sports, like, you know, how the sports world work, this is the slow time, right? Training camp hadn't started yet. There's no NBA. There's no NHL. There's just baseball. So now we're kind of in this, you know, this point where the whole sports world, not only Seattle, we have, you know, our Mariners going on, but, you know, we have our Seahawks training camp coming up. There's been like the Women's World Cup and there's been the uh, MLS having Messi. And there's like a couple things coming up now. And we're slowly getting closer to that point where there's just a shit ton of things happening in sports. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to listen to all sports, you can go look at our podcast, the Sports on Tap podcast for all sports. But this is Seattle today. So um, Seattle sports. Here's the thing, man. Like I've, It's, I've it's been, actually the Sports on Tap Brothers podcast, but. Let's just see, yeah, Sports on Tap Brothers. If you, if you want to Google it, <laughs> so or go to the sportsontap.com. You'll see all our podcasts and videos there, and you can fi- find whatever you're looking for content wise there. Um, the thing is, Samuel, I was just thinking here out loud. Like you said, a lot of things are going to be going on in sports, and then a lot of things are going on in Seattle sports with the Mariners playing every day. And I just was thinking, and I know you always talk about this, but how great is it going to be when the Sonics are back? This podcast will be very Sonic-oriented, to say the least. Yeah, there'll be a lot of Sonics topics. A lot of uh, Sonic Seahawks, Mariners. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of Sonics. Because Sonics, I feel like basketball, it's like some... Because it's not every single day. It's 80-something games instead of the 160. It's much easier to uh, pay attention. The Mariners just tied the game. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. we're, we're on. We're, it is 7 p.m. on... Uh, July 25th, Tuesday, and Julio Rodriguez just hit his second home run of the game to tie the and, game. And is what, third in five games? Or four uh, games? Third in third in t- three games? No, two games. He had two games ago, he hit a home run. Yeah. Um, and that was his first in a month. So maybe Julio Rodriguez is so back, baby. Yeah, he is absolutely back. And uh, George, let's take a quick second break here. Well, we just literally took a six, like a two-minute break, three-minute break, right at the beginning of our podcast. Because when we started this, the Mariners were down four nothing, and uh, it was a four-one maybe, but like it was, it was a bad start to the game. Now it's six-six after Julio Rodriguez hits two home runs tonight. He just hit one to tie. This that is his most clutch moment of the season so far. He's been struggling in clutch moments. And George. That makes me want to start with the Mariners in today's podcast. So All let's right. smack the intro really quick and let's talk some Mariners. You're listening to the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast. Two brothers, George and Sammy, talk all things Seattle sports. Also, NBA, please bring back our super sons. All right, George, Seattle Mariners. I I was going to start with the Seahawks today, but we're going to go some Mariners. Um, 
And for those that are listening, we're going to have two separate feeds. If you want, if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, look up Seahawks on tap podcast. And this is going to be the Mariners on tap podcast. And if you like all Seattle sports, these will both always be on the sports on tap Seattle podcast. So the Mariners, the one topic I had written down was their ERA in, in June or in July was the best in baseball so far. And they've been 12 and eight during that stretch. A win today would make them 13 and eight, a loss would make them 12 and nine. But it seems like a very disappointing season to have a team with pitching like that, a team that has a best ERA in a month of baseball in total pitching, and they can't break 500, right? And it feels like a lot of these games, the same games we had last year. Last night, the Mariners had Colton Wong hit a game tying home run out of all people in the ninth inning. And then of course, or a game leading home run, actually a go ahead. And then of course we give up a run. Of course we lose in extras when last year we'd be the team that came back and always found a way to win. So it's, there's a lot going on and it's frustrating. Like I'm almost concerned. That's what's going to happen again tonight. You know, you get this tie game, everything's exciting. And then we've been finding ways to blow it instead of winning by one run this year. And that's been frustrating. Yeah, no, absolutely frustrating. But the thing with the Mariners this year, which is kind of crazy, is I think they're, what, fifth or sixth in the ERA all over baseball for the whole entire season, something around right around that. They're 15th in total runs scored. They have 27th, 20 plus 27 run differential. Usually you see those type of numbers. You're talking about a team five, six, seven, eight games above 500 just for – you know, some fun here. The Miami Marlins, six games above 500, are a minus 25. The Phillies, seven games above 500, are a plus eight. The um, Reds, eight games above 500, minus four. The Brewers, 11 games above 500, minus five. Like we are, like teams of plus 27 usually, usually have a pretty good record. And the Mariners just can't find a way to have, to get over that hump. Like we have the best run differential compared to like our record other than the Chicago Cubs are three games below 500 and have a plus 41 run differential. Us and the Cubs are just having a very, very unlucky season. And at some point, either something has to give, either our luck has to change or that run differential is going to go down one of the two. If somebody's watching this on, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see I've made a disgusted face this whole time he was talking because I want to ask, you're my brother, okay? For those that don't know, this is a brother's podcast, okay? I'm Sammy, the younger brother's George, my older brother. And he's saying all this stuff. And he's saying it as if he doesn't know what it's like being a Mariners fan. Of course, we have a plus 26 run differential over 500. Of course, because that's that's like this is a classic Seattle Mariners team. We've won 90 games two years in a row. Uh Somehow the first year we win 90 in the middle of a 20 year drought, we can't make the playoffs the second year. Thankfully we did. Um, but of course, you know, our first game in Houston, we lose on a walk off to your darn Alvarez. And then of course this year we're, we're supposed to be good. And we have a plus 26 run differential and our pitching's dominant. But of course we're 500 potentially going to be under 500. If we lose tonight, that's just what happens when you're a Mariners fan and it's frustrating, right? And it's frustrating because, you have no idea if this team's going to be buying or selling at the deadline. There's a strong possibility like Teoscar Hernandez and Paul Seawald and a couple other guys are not on our team in like 10 days. And there's yeah, a strong, oh. possi- there's well, I a mean- strong possibility though, that if you win three games in a row, that they're on your team and then 
But you never know with this ownership. You never know of Jerry Depoto, and that's what's confusing about this season. Yeah, I, I have no idea what this team's going to do. So I was just going to actually ask you, what do you think they're going to do? Because this team is like, I mean, I, I, I'll give you mine, I guess, first. But I think the Smyrners team is going to be like one of those bargain shoppers where they might pick up a piece. They're not going to be fully sellers. They're not going to be fully buyers. But if you're they find me that the they, next- you're telling me that Jerry and John Stan are going to go cheap is that, if they find something. I'm not even saying cheap. I just feel like they don't know what to do. I feel like they're just going to go to the thrift shop and find like a used t-shirt for the Halloween for Halloween, you know? I don't understand the reference, but I'm sure there are other people that might understand it. So I'm just going to say yes, I know, but I don't. But they're they're going to bargain and they're going to be cheap because that's what the Mariners do. And that's what Jerry has to do. Maybe he doesn't want to, but that's what he has to do also because of Stanton. Overall, I think it all depends. It's on August 1st is the deadline. The next three or four games is going to tell us a lot. I think. I mean, we'll, we'll probably be 500 and you'll probably yeah. have no idea what to do either. Well, you'll be confused. Oh, no, I think there's, I was just going to say, I think there's three different scenarios. And I think two of them have the same answer and one has a different answer. I think if this team is still 54 and or 53 and 53 in five, six days, I do think they're going to sell. I don't think a 500 team at the deadline is not a team that, especially for a cheap team, like yeah. Stanton, Stanton's going to say, I'm not going to pay Hernandez next year. If we're not good this year, we might as well get something for him right now at the trade deadline, a prospect. I'm not going to, we might as well trade Seawald and get something for him at the deadline. If we're not competing, that's what I see it as. If we're below 500, we're, we're a seller. And I think the only way we're going to be a buyer or stay put mm-hmm. is like these next you have to win today and tomorrow against Minnesota and this weekend against Arizona, like win two out of three and somehow be at that two or three games above 500 and hope that as a clubhouse, as Jerry, as Scott, they can convince each other that there's a shot and they might keep it together or buy a small piece. Like you said, a bargain piece. Otherwise, if they, if they lose tonight and tomorrow to Minnesota and lose two out of three to Arizona, this, this team's there's no way this team's spending a dollar in positive like or buying right buy doesn't mean i don't think it necessarily means they're gonna sell because i also think this team doesn't believe they're years away from contending i don't think they're sell- complete sellers i don't think there's a place where they're complete sellers at the deadline yeah you know i actually had this conversation with a lot of my buddies on uh mm-hmm on chat this morning uh shout out riley brooks kit hawkins you know austin lee i was i was talking to them on this mariners group chat every day and riley said the same thing that you said he was saying like well everyone's talking about like seawald might get traded and hernandez hernandez on a contract here so maybe a little different but like yeah. he was like at what point are you complete sellers if you think your future is bright like you can't sell and then say well, like we're supposed and Depoto, to Sammy, his his job can't be that safe if he's a seller and they can go another yeah. like few years. Like he needs and to Scott. win, and Scott, like they gotta win at some point. So I think like they can't really be sellers and just say, "Hey, we're gonna rebuild the farm system and wait for six more years," because then it's yeah. gonna be another GM who's probably gonna be us, joint GMs of the Seattle Mariners, taking care of this team. Uh, but probably go even worse for them. But <laughs> I'm like, give me Otani. Our, our owner's like, we can't, we can't sign. I don't have enough money. I don't know what else to do then. <laughs> I don't know who to sign. Uh, I think that's the problem though. I think last year making the playoffs bought Scott and Jerry both like another two years, two years like, this year and next year. 
Um, if they miss the playoffs this year and next year, Jerry's not around. I right. Mean, so there's no way. I, that's why I don't think he can sell and just come back and say, well, wait four more years as I got these fucking awesome prospects yeah. out in, in Chattanooga. And I know that they know that being cheap doesn't work anymore, right? I mean, right. But the owner is year, cheap, though. So unfortunately, like that's owner, his problem. The owner, you have to somewhat like the. You can be cheap in the MLB without being like overly like. They're not overly cheap anymore. They paid Julio pretty yeah, hefty they're, amount. They're they're uh, frugal, but not cheap. They're frugal, yeah. Like, but you could have like, and like think about it. they're not that. I mean, they they. They've also just made some bad decisions. Like AJ Pollock for eight million is we could have had Carlos Santana's on with the Pirates for like one million dollars. I mean, mm. Carlos Santana was like a he was even known, like apparently Julio Rodriguez loved him. Uh he was a huge clubhouse vibe guy. Like there's also small decisions like that where it's like if you paid Santana like one or two million and kept him over Pollock, mm. and you would have had a couple more million to spend, maybe on a bullpen arm, and you'd be talking about a different season. So there's obviously some regretful decisions. That happens in any sport. I'm not blaming Jerry. I'm just saying that happens. But overall, he has this year and next year. Otherwise, if you're Stanton and you're like, I had a great revenue year in 2022 or 2023, and then it starts to go down and down and the team's getting worse, He's going to want to make a change because you know, the Mariners owner loves his pockets and he probably saw last year as a great year, uh, not spending that much and making a lot more money by having the playoffs, by having packed crowds in August and September. Um, they have one more year though, because I think no matter what happens this year too, Stanton's not going to be that disappointed. I'll tell you why it's because the, in one month, next month, the crowd's not going to be much less. I mean, we're, if we're hovering around 500 and we're three games out of the wild card, there'll be people in sunny, nice, the last good month or the last two good months in Seattle before the rain comes. Stanton's going to make money. The crowd's going to be there because we're not that bad, right? We're not that good, but we're not that bad. So I just don't know what the hell they're going to decide because there's so many factors, like you said, DePoto's job. If we're selling, are we selling next year and the year after too? And like, our owner does like making money. So he wants a useful product to make more money on the field at Hatback, at the restaurants that they open. So all, all I know is if anyone came to this podcast for some answers, we, uh, we did not give you any. We have no fucking <laughs> answers. Yet. The whole show was. Love you, Sam. Love you, little bro. But man, that rambling came out with nothing because I feel the same way. No, I have no idea. Yeah, none of us have any idea. But this is the, <laughs> that's the whole point. Like the whole point is that the Mariners are 500 again for the 50th time this year. They were one and one. They were two and two. They were six and six. They were 10 and 10. They were 42 and 42. They were 48 and 48. Now they're 50 and 50. That's who the Mariners are. But there's jobs on the line for GMs and coaches. There mm-hmm. is, if you sell, like, what the hell does that mean? That, I think that's the best point here, too, George. Is you said it, and I said my buddy said it this morning is. Yeah, you can sell, but does that mean you give up next year? <laughs> like, you can't sell if you're supposed to be good, right? For the next well, year. Well, I mean, it's also, we don't, I don't think that's, it's a good way to look at it. It's also not fair. Like, let's say you did sell Hernandez for some prospects, knowing that next offseason you're going in to spend money on a marquee free agent like Otani. I'm not saying we're going to get Otani, but then again, so you're like, all right, well, anyway, Hernandez is not going to be around. He's not in our long term plans. 
So we might as well sell him now, get something, and then use the money that we would have used to sign him for something just as good or better. Well, Tony would be better. But if you know what I mean? Like it depends on what your thoughts are on Hernandez, for example. With someone like Seawald has a few years left on his deal and he's not he's relatively inexpensive. Selling him would be like, all right, yeah, we're, we're giving up. Even on next year. But it also wouldn't be if you have good relief. Other ideas. Yeah. yeah. Or you get a young relief pitcher that's coming up next year. Like Diamondbacks might be trying to contend right now. You trade it to a team like them or the Brewers. That's where it's just like complicated. I'm not uh, doing any more trades with the Diamondbacks if I'm the Mariners. Why? I don't know. I just feel like they win our trades against us all the time. I don't know. Hanniger and Segura had a great time with us. I guess, but Marte is still freaking really good for them. Taiwan Walker was better than Hanniger for us. I don't know, just in general. That one was very odd. I don't know. I'm just not doing trades with the Diamondbacks anymore. <laughs> well, they might be. There's a lot. Of, they have the worst like bullpen right now in baseball, and that's where like people are saying Seawald could go. Yeah. So, but then again, you look at like where we were a few years ago, and we like if you, I told you a few years ago that we would not regret the Kendall Graveman trade. You'd be like, yeah, that's weird. I would thought we would regret it. If we haven't regretted that. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't it didn't really like, who'd we get for him? What was his name? Oh, God. Yeah, he sucked. Yeah, last year. I, why can't I remember his name? That's actually, I can tell you why, because he sucked. Yeah. Um, Second baseman. Yeah. I was going to say Caballero, but honestly, we've had a lot of turnover. I can't remember people's names for some reason recently. Uh, but. More importantly, my point is, I just, I, I bet you also, there's players on the Mariners, there's people like Jerry DePoto himself that are also thinking kind of what we're thinking. It's like, well, what does this mean? We're 20, like we're our plus 26. Yep. And like, and we're at 500 and we keep getting hella close to winning games that we won last year, but we're not winning them this year. So it's, uh, I'm, I'll be honest, like as a GM or coach probably right now, this is probably the toughest situation you can be in. If you suck, it's easy. Hey, take our best player. Let's get more prospects. When you're really good and your owner tells you go buy at the deadline, that's also not that hard. This is like the, this is the shit zone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is where, if this was a basketball team, like in the NBA, this is definitely where you would not want to be hovering around 500 for multiple years. Because like baseball is a little bit different, the draft isn't like so instant. But like, if you want to put it in NBA terms, this is exactly where you don't want to be. Because then all of a sudden you're like the Chicago Bulls with Zach Levine hovering around 500 each and every year. Very interesting example, considering he's a guy from Seattle. That's kind of was the whole like bringing it back to Seattle thing. Are you kicking something, George? There's a lot of noise going on over there. No, no, not kicking anything. I'm a lot of moving of your chair noises. Uh, the chair shouldn't be that loud, but I guess it is. I'll try not to move my chair as much. Um, I was just trying to get comfortable. Anyways, more importantly, yeah, it's gone. Now you stop moving. Uh, more importantly, Mariners now, George. It is the what? It's the bottom of the or top of the eighth or ninth? Top of the ninth. Two yep. outs runners on first and third. I thought there was no outs. Is that no outs or those blue? I can't tell really. That's There's no outs, runners on first and third and top of the ninth. Right. Colton Wong just had a nice little bunt. So things are things could be looking up today again, George. It's like the classic, we're back. Like if we win today, one game over 500, which likely mean we'll lose the next game. But we'll see what happens. Buyers or sellers, the answer is we don't fucking know. 
Exactly. Buyers or sellers, neither. We don't know. Um, all right. Well, is that all you got for the Mariners? That's it. All right. We'll get on to the Seahawks here after a quick little break. Seahawks training camp tomorrow uh, or today, if you're listening to this today, actually. <laughs> it's probably today if you're listening to it because we're recording this 730 on a Tuesday night. But most people might be listening tomorrow. George, I just want to know, like, simply all that's happened this week is pretty much the throwbacks came out. Um, Ochenna and Nawasu, tongue twister, signed. The Seahawks have pretty much shored up their defense and their offense. And I just wanted to have a brisk conversation, a brisk walk conversation for a few minutes about how we're feeling going into training camp. What are you excited about, nervous about? Just outlook on the season as of now. Yeah. Um, well, here's one thought I have. I guess I've, I haven't been this excited. I can't remember the last time I've been this excited for a rookie like Jackson Smith and Jigba. Jackson Smith and Jigba. We have and a lot of tongue. Jigba. And Jigba. We have a lot of tongue twisters on this team. But I have not been excited for a rookie this much in a really long time for the Seattle uh, Seahawks. So, in general, uh, that would be my big. That one's not that's that session been hard. That should be easy. But we just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just finished. Uh, if you're listening to podcast, you know we just finished talking about the Mariners. But yeah, he's a rookie I'm most excited for in a very long time. So I haven't thought of a rookie shoot that I've been this excited to watch. Well, because usually we do draft on the like. A safety corner like a wide receiver is just a fun toy to have so i think i'm really excited for him yeah like despite our more important pick being devin witherspoon at the five a corner Absolutely. is like just like Tariq willen was fucking awesome last year don't get me wrong but a corner is just like it's as exciting as Tariq willen was to watch last year like or kenneth walker imagine like 5x that with a wide receiver exactly. that's supposed to be good so it's going to be really cool to see. Well, I think the other reason it's exciting too, George, if we were like a shit football team, it wouldn't be that exciting. But I think to add him to DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, a team that's also supposed to be competing, I'm not going to say from now, I'm just going to preface this. I'm not saying we are a Super Bowl contender right now. I'm just saying we are a team that's competing. That could, You take that however you you know like to take it, but we're competing. We should be in the playoffs. If we're, we're supposed to be better than last year, which could mean excelling better in the playoffs, whatever you want to call it. And it's really exciting just to see the weapons they added. I think from the defensive side to adding Witherspoon, re-signing Nawasu, uh, getting back Jamal Adams, trading for Draymond Jones, Julian Love, and bringing back Bobby Wagner. There's a lot of pot. Like, there's no debating this defense should be better than last year. <laughs> like, if it's not, that's epic disaster right if you or injuries like you never know in football that's yeah. the only thing that can hold back but barring injuries Obviously. this team should be much better on the defensive side of the ball when talking about football i think it's like saying the chiefs are going to be good next year it's like unless patrick mahomes gets hurt it's like yeah, obviously, yeah. that's obvious bearing injuries but like obviously that's why like i said jamal Adams is back from injury and bobby wagner's coming back devin witherspoon this defense is set up to be better than last year's mm -hmm. And then on the offensive end, we've picked up more running backs. We got another wide receiver. The offensive line, two rookies last year that played well, but they're another year older veterans, maybe another year of Geno's confidence. There's not a lot of negatives to talk about this team like compared to 
last off season, you could have thought, shit, like uh, you, you thought they were going to be all right, but there's a lot of people, including myself that thought, fuck, Russell Wilson's gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vegas had him at five and a half wins. This is a very different outlook going into this season, like looking for a team to excel better than they were last year. Yeah. I guess my only main concern here is like we we're watching the Seattle Mariners here on the other screen. And that was a team this year. We came in with really high expectations for, and I think the Seahawks are going to mirror those expectations. This is a team that I think is going to compete for being one of the best teams in the NFC. I mean, when you have the NFC is so much different than the AFC, you throw the Seahawks team, in the AFC and no, no disrespect to Gino, who I love, but he's not a top five quarterback in the, AFC, but he's a borderline top five in the NFC because only people I could say are a hundred percent better. Who, who could you say is a hundred percent better than Geno Smith, other than Jalen Hurts in the NFC? A hundred percent right now, and that are healthy in this point of their career. Well, you said and that are healthy because that excludes Matt Stafford. Exactly, because he's not been healthy, so we don't know. Kyler Murray has not been oh. healthy. Matthew Stafford's not not been healthy. He wasn't healthy last year, but like the year before he was. Kyler Murray's like out for sure for a while. Stafford, mm-hmm. if he comes back week one, which he, he's playing, he'll play week one, right? If he comes back this year and starts and is good from week one, I could probably say. Probably say Matt Stafford. He's, but, he's better. but they so, did say his injury is one of those that could linger the rest of his career. So we just don't could. know what he is. So this is what I mean. Him, I'm going to, I'm going to say Matt Stafford and maybe, J, and J, not maybe. Matt Stafford and Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And I think right after that, Gino's right there with Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Yeah, that's that is like that's the NFC. Daniel um, Jones, he's better be than Dak. Daniel Jones, so don't even put him on that list. Dak. He's after Dak. Yeah. Dak's after those guys than Dak. So I mean, in general, it's it's you know. Jalen Hurts, and then it's maybe Matt Stafford, and then it's Geno, Kirk, and and Jared Goff. And when you have that and you have three very high-quality receivers and you have a good trio of running backs that can produce and your Mm -hmm. offensive line's decent and your defense got better, there's no reason not to believe the Seahawks might go from a team that lost in the wildcard round to at least a second-round playoff type of team. Mm -hmm. Um, But like you said, high expectations are scary sometimes because – a team that, like the Seattle Mariners that we had, we expected them to go far this year after having a way better season last year, and they disappointed. The Seahawks were expected to be bad last year. They overperformed, and you would hope they continue to overperform, but if they don't, it could be a very depressing season. <laughs> 100%. So, I mean, I guess that's what we got looking forward to this season. It's football season. That's one thing about with the NFL, man, like you can have high expectations and teams just, I mean, shoot the Rams last year went into the season as Super Bowl champions. And a lot of people thought they had a chance to repeat disaster of a year. Us, we were supposed to be disaster made the playoffs. Football is a very, very funky game. And in general, you kind of never know what that box is going to open up until the season starts, but I am excited to open up the box this year. Yeah, I'm a little nervous and excited. I think what's really important for the Seahawks, like my main takeaway right now, and, you know, I'll say this just like as a preface to this, training camp, a lot of things can happen in training camp. Like players emerge as like, oh, actually starting a linebacker on the left side is going to be this guy. And it's like, oh, what? Like things happen in training camp where people emerge as like they're playing more or not going to play or 
you know, whatever happens. So we'll learn more about the team. But what I think is really important for this football team coming into this season is going to be how they start. I think like the confidence of Geno Smith is very important. Um, A lot of young guys on this team. I really think the main key, I don't see this team as a team that could start two and four and then like make their way out of it. They're going to have to start off as one of those four and two teams and like have the confidence, make sure Gino can be who Gino was last year. This is the only time he's ever been a good quarterback in the NFL was last year. So you got to hope that they can be confident early in the build, season and build, build on it. top of that. And, you know, just, I think in general, good offensive line, good running backs, good weapons, good defense. Like there's no reason for this team, best punter in the game too. So field position does play a big factor in the NFL, good special teams, good coach. Like as long as Geno Smith just at least is average and he was way above average last year. I think this team has a good chance to be a playoff team again. And if he's good, it has a chance to go on a run. Yeah. Um, they'll have a chance to be competing with the 49ers who their, their quarterback situation depends on what's going to happen a lot too. So we'll find out. Absolutely. I, I don't know. My light ran out, George. I feel like it's time. <laughs> that was a sign. All right. Signs. Good. Um, and we'll go finish up this Mariners game. That looks like they're not going to make it easy to finish up. It's okay. We had it, it's a two-run game. We're all right. It's not like, at least it wasn't like yesterday where it tied it up. Exactly. All right. Much love. Uh, this is the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast. And uh, we are two brothers who just love talking Seattle sports. And we want to tell you one thing. And George will hey. tell you that. Hey. Thanks for stopping by. Peace out. Cubs go. You're listening to the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast. Two brothers, George and Sammy, talk all things Seattle sports. Also, NBA, please bring back our Sonics.